everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we're reading 1 Samuel 29, asking the question, does God take care of his people even when they're disobedient? As some of you might know, I do live with a family. I don't live with roommates my own age. I live with a family, and they've got little kids. And I've lived with them for over a year now, so I've definitely seen... Uh, at least firsthand seen the highs and lows of parented, though not a parent myself. And what I've observed, what has stood out to me, I should say, is the amount of patience I have seen these parents demonstrate with their toddlers. Now, if I was holding my child and this two-year-old thought it was a good idea to attempt to repeatedly smack me in the face, I think I would lose my mind. Or at least that's what I felt internally as I watched this situation go down. I could not believe how gently, though firmly, but how gently and patiently this mom responded to her frustrated toddler. And so when we ask the question, does God take care of his people even when they're disobedient? I think of this mom who held her crying and upset child, who was rightly upset in this instance, and when the only way he knew how to express his emotions was to lash out violently at two years old, who can blame him, she was patient, so patient. She taught him not to hit, but she also met him in his moment of need. And in a similar way, that's kind of how God deals with us. If we go too far, he'll always teach us that something is wrong. But at the end of the day, no matter how far wrong we go, he will always care for us. So let's jump into the text. Ever since David fled from Saul in chapter 27, he's been with the Philistines because he was hoping that Saul would get tired of searching for him within Israel. Literally, we actually know this was David's motivation because it was explicitly stated in chapter 27. This is one of the few places in scripture where we can observe an explicit why answer. Why did David go stay with the Philistines? Because he thought Saul would get tired of searching for him within Israel. He, his men, and his family went and stayed with Achish, the king of Gath, until he was given the city Ziklag. And he lived with the Philistines for a year and four months. And while he was there, he would actually do raids for the Philistines, killing everyone in the land and taking everything, which made Achish trust David because he figured that Israel would never want him back and David would stay his servant forever. And honestly, I'm sure Achish was glad to have stumbled upon an excellent military pro like David. So you fast forward and here we are in chapter 29. The Israelites and the Philistines are preparing to fight each other. Now keep in mind, this is David's homeland, Israel, fighting against his current geographic home. So it's probably a little weird for him. David and his men, they were positioned in the back of the Philistine army with Achish. And when the Philistine commanders found this out, that David was a Hebrew amongst them, they freaked out, asking, what are these Hebrews doing here? Now, Achish, he immediately defended David, reminding them that David had served him faithfully for over a year now. But the commanders were angry. They were frustrated, which I get it, telling him to send David away because at the end of the day, he is faithful to Israel and will stab them in the back. That's what they thought. And honestly, I don't blame them, but we really don't have a clue what David would have done. The scriptures are silent. Nevertheless, due to this distrust, the distrust of the commanders, and by not being allowed to fight— David's life is saved. 
So what's interesting here is that the name of the Lord does not appear in chapter 27 or chapter 29, except except for this one instance in chapter 29. So I I guess we could say it it appears once. Achish promised in the Lord's name in verse 6, chapter 29, verse 6. He makes a promise in the Lord's name, which leads us to conclude or likely believe that God wasn't too involved in guiding the Philistines or David. Granted, the Philistines did not worship or follow the God of Israel. It's a hot take, I know, to say that God wasn't too involved in guiding David. David's the guy, but the scriptures don't don't say that he, he prays. He doesn't pray either. Neither the Philistines nor David prayed to ask God's will for what they should do next or if David should be present at all. No one, not even David, as far as we know, the scriptures are silent here, were depending on the Lord in the way that they should have. We don't really know for sure what David was planning for this battle. Was he going to turn on the Philistines and fight with the Israelites? Or was he going to really fight against God's people? We don't know. But either way, we see that God showed up. One commentator reminds us that this chapter is an encouraging revelation of how God takes care of his own when they are under extreme stress and or not entirely obedient. Did David forget to trust God when things got stressful? It's looking like it. God told him he was going to be the king. David wasn't perfect. And he's, if he's going to be the king, that means he's not going to die before he sees the throne. And yet... David here may have chosen self-protective measures instead of being confident in God's timing. But God protected his anointed servant. He kept his word and continued and continues to use broken people to achieve his good plan. And this is good news for us today. Sin is inevitable on this side of heaven for every human, even the most disciplined Christ follower you know. Sin is inevitable. I mean, David, he was the guy after God's own heart, and sin was inevitable for him as well. We're all going to fall at some point, but praise the Lord that we serve a God who doesn't give up on us after strike one, or even two, or even three. He is faithful. He holds on to us even when we forget to trust him, and he keeps his promises through the trials when it seems impossible for them to come true. It doesn't give us grounds to flee from him because his grace will catch us, but it should provide us freedom in the knowledge that our performance doesn't determine how the Lord feels about us. Your performance doesn't determine how God feels about you. He loves you no matter what. That's all we've got time for. It's a good reminder. Special thanks to Michaela Swank, our intern who helped write today's episode. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe. Because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.